Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. I'm your host, George Kurth, here along with the two best friends that anyone could ask for, Tyler Snyder. Tyler, what is up? Not a whole lot, George. How you doing? Hanging in there, buddy. And Cody Roadcap. Cody, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. It's fun to be back after the week off. I hope you guys didn't miss us too much, but we got a fun one for you today. Definitely do. This week, we're going to obviously keep you up to date with all NFL news here in the NFL lull, and we are going to continue giving you some more background into tips and tricks in fantasy football, a little bit of an intro to our fantasy how-to. We're going to be talking the draft today, so different types of draft, draft strategies. We got you covered. Uh, you can find more about how to as it comes out on our social media and on our website. It's thecouchgms.com, and we are at the Couch GMs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now, Cody, our weekly staple, why don't you give us our hashtag Rogers Watch update? All righty. So, as always, Aaron Rodgers is the top hot news of this offseason while there's nothing going on. Uh, he didn't opt out. This past week when the players had to last Friday to say they're going to opt out for COVID reasons, just like last year, actually no players opted out, but a lot of people thought that's how Aaron Rodgers was going to avoid giving so much money back uh, while also not playing, but he did not do that. So Packer fans looking in a good direction that he's coming back to play for us. Uh, He did say he was taking this off season to uh, work on his mental health. That's an important for any person out there, not just the NFL players. Uh, We all need to do better at working at our mental health. Sometimes we put life ahead of it and uh, good for him. Good for someone of his stature to step up and say like, no, even at my level, we need to take a step back and really focus on your mental health. He uh, he's competing against Tom Brady in the match. As we record this podcast Uh, last I checked after hole five, they were tied. Um, It's most golf I watched in 10 years, Uh, but congrats to them. We'll see who wins. Uh, Maybe I'll be able to get an update by the time we're done recording, but I doubt it. Um, and I think that's it. I probably miss something from here or there, uh, but pretty much same old, same old when it comes to the hashtag Rogers watch. I find it interesting how I know there's a lot more issues with integrity and everything else he said, but now he's turning this uh, whole ordeal into I'm working on my mental health, which honestly great PSA, like you said, but it's interesting how this roller coaster keeps going up and down here. Yeah, I mean, the Rodgers watch is kind of just like NFL news right now. Everything's just kind of meh. There's really no big updates for Aaron Rodgers, just like there's not really anything going on in the NFL right now. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but the Titans have Julio Jones. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Anybody didn't know? Thought it'd but we're we're in old news quick. now here, actually. <laughs> but uh, I guess there is two things of big uh, fairly big news we'll start off with the first wide receiver Nikhil harry uh draft pick of the new england patriots a few years ago now is requesting a trade from those new england patriots uh i think it has something to do with them signing all these wide receivers these offseason do you think he could be a good player in this league still or do you think he's a complete bust and do you have any idea where he could land I don't think they've really used him. I don't think he's been fully utilized as much as he should been. I mean, they used a, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but a first round pick on the guy, and then he's rarely on the field. I mean, whether that's because his talent hasn't been there or his work ethic hasn't been there, I don't know. But, um, you know, you use a first round pick on a wide receiver. Typically, you want to make sure that guy gets plenty of reps to see what he can do. And I just don't feel like we've gotten that out of Nikhil Harry. He doesn't really get 
uh, much playing time or targets at all. So I'd love to see him go somewhere else and play with a real quarterback and play with a, a better team. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was a huge fan of Nikhil Harry coming out of the draft. Uh, if I In my dynasty leagues, he was the guy I was trying to obtain. Unfortunately, I was not able to get him. Some people may say, well, you lucked out there because you didn't pay up high to get Nikhil Harry. Uh, but I'd like to see him bounce back. You know, he was with the New England Patriots last year, uh, his whole career essentially. But last year we saw with Cam Newton and then uh, Jared Stidham, their offense wasn't good. I think I saw a stat on Twitter the other day that Jacoby Myers had 17% of their passing touchdowns in 2020. So that just goes to show you how the passing options weren't there. They did sign Nelson Aguilar. They did get Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry like we talked about earlier in this offseason. So let's see this guy go get a fresh start. Uh, you know, go to a team that's willing to at least give him a shot. You know, maybe he he talked about how he is a point of the attack catcher. He likes to play downfield. Uh, and he's still young. He still has potential. Uh, just hopefully those early career injuries didn't limit him. Career injuries didn't limit him too much. Uh, but I'm looking forward to see where he goes. Um, heck, I wouldn't mind him in Green Bay, but we're not going to trade for a wide receiver. Uh, so we'll, we'll put him on the New York Giants just because I feel like they're getting all the wide receivers this offseason. Speaking of that, actually, I was going to try to draw a little bit of a parallel between where Nikhil Harry is right now and how we have seen what handle with John Ross, which is funny. He's on the Giants now uh, and how the Bengals just refused to use him, tried to put him at cornerback in practice. Even maybe Harry sees that there's some high receivers that have gone through this before and he wants to go somewhere that he's going to get utilized before he ends up in the same situation as John Ross completely off his rookie contract and still trying to claw for something. Well, so there's a bit of a difference there between those two, though, because, I mean, Nikhil Harry was drafted in the first round because of his talent, because of his skill set, where John Ross was drafted in the first round because of his speed and basically on speed alone. Like, yes, he can catch a ball. Uh, yes, he can get open. But really, he was drafted in the first round because of his speed, um, where Nikhil Harry is a more well-rounded receiver and should be able to carve out a better role for himself than John Ross. Um, John Ross did also have plenty of injury issues, but I agree with you. He did lack playing time as well. It, it almost looked like John Ross is kind of afraid to play in the NFL, and he didn't really um, – I don't know how a guy of his speed isn't able to get open. Uh, it seemed like his route tree was limited to basically just a go route, um, and it looked like John Ross had a lot more you know, issues than Nikhil Harry should Um Hopefully both of them start getting utilized because I like both of them. Hey, Definitely. I know we're not agree. talking about uh, John Ross per se, but he did have that. Uh, I think it was two seasons ago now where he was actually like pretty decent for fantasy wise for a couple games until he did get injured. Uh, he had a hot start, I think to the 2019 season, uh, but in kill Harry, I don't know about you guys. I mean, there's not too many teams that jump to my mind. Uh, but the one that does is like the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I feel like he'll go there and become like a household name, you know, with the downfield passing attack. So any team that likes to push the ball down the field, I think would be a good fit for him. I do not think they replaced Sammy Watkins either. So there is a chance that he could sneak into a wide receiver room there. You know, well, one team that definitely doesn't need wide receivers is the team that was announced to be on Hard Knocks this season, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so I think it's safe to say that none of us three are going to be watching Hard Knocks this year. 
Hey, at the might. same time, like what team is the biggest soap opera in the NFL? And it's the Dallas Cowboys. And now you're going with the drama documentary series, Hard Knocks. It might be a match made in heaven. And it may be a complete dumpster fire, which if I'm going to watch the Cowboys be in a dumpster fire, I'm, I might actually tune in. Yeah, and don't forget their All or Nothing series on Amazon Prime was actually pretty good the year that they followed them around. Uh, I'll probably tune it in for uh, for good old Mike McCarthy, see how he's doing, former Packers head coach, see how he handles the uh, – because he was never a fan of Hard Knocks. Like He even was like, yeah, we don't want that here. We don't want that in our town in Green Bay. Granted, they never qualified for it while he was the head coach, um, but he was not a fan of it when he was even asked about the potential or wanting to be on the stage. So I'll see how he reacts. Um, and if you're over the age of 21 and you want to turn hard knocks into a drinking game, you take a shot every time Mike McCarthy says it's like anything, uh, you might be drinking a lot, uh, but that's one of his go-to coach spots. Oh, it's like anything. Uh, so something fun to keep an eye out for uh, this fall when hard knocks uh, comes out. Interesting little tidbit there. I did not know that one already, but uh, I think that pretty much wraps up our news for the week. So get into a little bit of a a debate or discussion here. We're going to be talking drafts here this week, like we mentioned earlier. So I think it's a good way to start off for anybody that may be listening. Who's a little bit of a beginner to outline some different kinds of fantasy drafts here. Um, basically there's only one that's used for most redraft leagues, which you're going to see, but there's a couple other different kinds of leagues. So why don't you start us off Cody with the auction draft, a little bit of a less known draft type of fantasy football. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're you're like, why are you talking about drafts? I don't even know where to play fantasy football. Make sure you check out our last episode or check out our website. We broke it all down and we will have some videos on those topics coming out very soon. Uh, but auction drafting. Like George mentioned, it's one of the you know least popular uh, modes of playing fantasy football, mainly used in redraft leagues. Essentially, uh, there's no draft order. Well, there is a draft order. You know, each person gets to nominate a person, and then everybody in the league gets to uh, bid money on them based on a set amount. So, uh, without using real numbers, you know, say everyone in the league gets a hundred dollars. Obviously, in your league, you're going to get more of it, but and the first person. Uh, puts up Christian McCaffrey. Everyone can bet on him. He could go for $75. Well, then you have to build the rest of your team with only $25 remaining. It's very much like playing Monopoly, and then someone lands on a property. They decide not to buy it. goes up to auction for everyone. And sometimes it's better to have more assets than one big one. So using Monopoly, sometimes it's better to own all the orange spots than just owning, owning Boardwalk. So if you do play auction, you know, maybe help drive up those prices a little bit, but don't be afraid to uh, pull away for your Christian McCaffrey's and your Dalvin cooks and load up with your, you know, if you get a a powerhouse of Travis Kelsey, uh, Nick Chubb and, you know, AJ Brown's probably too high, but a lot, you know, DK Metcalf or something like that for the same price as it would have cost as Christian McCaffrey, your team in the long run probably ends up a little bit better. Yeah, and just a couple tips for the auction draft. One, do not be a homer. And this is a tip for really anybody playing fantasy in general. It's one of the hardest things to do, but do not be a homer. And what I mean by that is don't just draft guys that are from your favorite team because you love them. And that's 
like I said, one of the hardest things to do. I mean, my team has Julio Jones. I don't know if you've heard, guys, but uh, the Titans do have Julio. Um, and the Titans also have Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. It'll be really hard for me not to just reach on those guys real early in the draft. But if there's better guys available, take what's best for your team. Don't just take your favorite players. Uh, a second little tip would be start bidding low. If uh, you know if there's a guy that you really want, even if it is Christian McCaffrey, don't go out just being like, all right, 20 bucks. Let's start it there. There's no reason for that. Start it low. Let it bid up higher because uh, you never know where somebody might just cut it off at. You might get somebody a lot lower than what you actually expected. And finally, find out who you value around the same level. So if you say, you know, I'll use my guy, Julio Jones. He's on the Titans. I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, I'll use him as an example. If you value him around the same level as DK Metcalf, and you see that Julio, because he's a Titan and he's amazing, um, is going for about $35 and you think that's a little high, then wait for DK Metcalf. Because then you don't need to overbid for that guy if somebody else that you value at the same level uh, is going to go later. You might be able to get DK for 20 bucks, 15 bucks. So um, those would be my three tips for you guys for the auction drafts. Great little tip there. Now, auction's not something you're going to see too often. You can always go and do plenty of auction mock drafts uh, on any of the fantasy platform websites that we have talked about in our last show. So feel free to go back and check them out and uh, do some auction mock drafts if you're going to do an auction draft. Same as if you're going to do a redraft. It's always good to have experience. Either you see how the platform works and see about where some players' values are. Gives you a much better idea going into the auction to make sure you're not overbidding for no reason. But uh, why don't we go to the linear uh, draft type next? Cause that's the other one that's not as common. So most of the time you're going to see a linear draft in something like a rookie draft for dynasty football. So linear is exactly what you think you would go pick one through pick 10, and then it would jump back to pick one and repeat over and over. So you're not going to see this in redrafts because redrafts will autom will flip it because it's trying to make everything a lot more even. You don't want that number one pick to be picking first every single round. It would be way too uneven and much, so much of a disadvantage for pick 10. This is normally for leagues that you're keeping players and you're trying to kind of even out the playing field. So this team is at a disadvantage. That's why they get the advantage of getting the first pick every round. Absolutely. Yeah, and this is the exact same type of draft type that is used in the actual NFL draft. If you're a little confused on what we are explaining, the actual NFL draft, uh, you know, the worst team gets that first pick and the best team gets the 32nd and it, you know, carries over into the next round. It's the same way for linear drafts here. Uh, like George said, it's usually used for dynasty leagues. So uh, try to keep teams even, let the guy who won the championship get 10th pick and let the guy who finished last get that first pick and keep it that way for every round. Yeah, and just, you know, we're talking a little bit of Dynasty here, and we're going to talk some draft strategies uh, in a little bit. Uh, but we're mostly talking redrafts. But if your rookie drafts, you know, haven't happened yet, uh, I know our main Dynasty League, it's not happening uh, for a few more weeks. Um, linear drafts don't play out the same way, again, mostly because it's rookies. Uh, but the the positions aren't as quite, uh, one of my, I guess, aren't as quite, the word is slipping my mind, and I'm looking like an idiot here on the video, uh, aren't viewed the same. Uh, for example, you know, sometimes, you know, we're not looking at positions so much as we're looking at players and projecting them in uh, more dynasty approaches. We're not always looking for what we think they're going to do in 
2021. We might be looking at how they're going to be in 2022, 2023. Uh, so oftentimes you won't even see a quarterback taken until the third round of just rookie drafts unless there's a guy, probably Trevor Lawrence will go higher, maybe Trey Lance because of his high upside. Um, Kyle Pitts is a anomaly. Typically tight ends don't really go that high. Uh, it's Rookie drafts are completely different uh, on how you approach them. Um, than a redraft league. And that makes sense because you're you're not building your team through the draft, you're supplementing your team through the draft. So just something to keep in mind uh, when you're doing these linear drafts. And there's not as many uh, places to mock draft them uh, as you would like to in, as you can with redrafts. And that's because every dynasty league is different. Every uh, player might not be available. Um, but linear and dynasty is my favorite way to play fantasy. So I'll talk about that as much as you guys want. Uh, but I think we do got to discuss the snake draft, the most common way people are drafting. So, boys, take it away with the snake draft, your favorite things about it, things you don't like, tips and tricks. So if you guys don't quite understand what a snake draft could be, it's literally the linear draft is one to ten every round. The snake draft would go one to ten and then round two would be ten to one. And then you're repeating that throughout. So it's supposed to basically make it even for the redraft league which is the most common type of league to try to make the teams as even as possible 10th pick has to wait till 10th pick to pick the first player but then they get pick 11 right away too so there's a lot of different strategies depending on where you're picking in these drafts um some people like picking in the middle of each round so that their sp their picks are very evenly spaced out and you can kind of try to balance your team out by not reaching, but just taking best available every single time. As opposed to if you're picking one or picking 10, you're picking all what you'd call the turn because you're picking back to back. And then you have 18 picks or more between your picks. So if there's somebody out there that you like, you kind of have to go and reach for them if you don't think they're going to survive 18 picks until they get back around to you. Um, there's It depends on your draft spot, depending on what your strategy has to be. I'll let you guys kind of jump in and say which you like better and maybe even give a couple more tricks for either one. Yeah, so there's definitely different strategies that you can take when it comes to snake drafts. And, uh, you know, my biggest recommendation would be just mock draft, uh, mock draft from a bunch of different spots. See, you know, mock draft from the third spot. See how your team looks. Mock draft from the middle, mock draft from the end and then compare your team. So see which one. You like more which one you ended up coming out with the better players. Um, one of my tricks would be uh, if you are drafting high, like picks one through three, typically you want to take a running back for that pick. Um, yes, there could be a guy like Devontae Adams, who is a game-changing wide receiver who you want to have. Um, but running backs are so much harder to come by than wide receivers that if you don't take a running back with that first pick, your next pick is... Uh, you know, around the 20th pick, the best running backs are going to be gone by then. It's going to be really hard to find two good starting running backs uh, that you can go with. I know there is the no running back strategy, which we will, you know, discuss at a later date. It's a horrible strategy, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's why you typically want to go with the running back early to make sure that you're at least getting one of the solid ones, especially since, honestly, the league is very deep at wide receiver nowadays. Um, so you should be able to find good wide receivers that you can start on a consistent basis by the mid rounds. Um, my typical trick is, or my strategy is if you get to pick your draft spot, usually some leagues just do it by random. Some leagues pick it 
uh, out of a hat to find out who picks where. But if you are in a league where you actually get to pick your draft spot, I like to find out who I value as the top running backs. So let's say this year we got Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook. We'll go with those four. So if I think those are the top four running backs, and I think after that there's a bit of a drop-off to the next guy, then I will try to take the fourth pick. Because that way I am guaranteeing myself one of those guys that I value as a top running back, but I have a earlier pick than the guys who picked one through three. If I only think that there's three running backs in that top tier, I'll try to go for that third pick. If I think there's five that I all value as top tier, I'll try to go for fifth pick. I try to go for whoever is last on that top tier, take whoever's left out of those guys, get an earlier pick than those guys who are drafting uh, in the top three picks. So that would be my draft strategy if you get to pick your draft spot. Okay, so we're at a later date. So now I can talk about the no running back draft strategy because uh, I have used it in the past. I I think it all depends morally on the types of leagues you're in. Uh, I think it's definitely more beneficial to go no running back strategy if you're in a full point PPR league because then you can get your guys like you know a JD McKissick or uh, Mike Davis or guys that can still get solid points in rounds four, five, and six if you want to take you know top end wide receivers. That's where Cody. What is the can, no running back strategy. Give a little brief overview on what it actually is before diving deeper into it. Well, that's probably smart. I should probably tell people what it is. Uh, the no running back strategy is essentially, uh, like Tyler had mentioned, you know, normally you project to take a running back with one of your first two picks, if not doubling up with running backs because of the depth at wide receiver. Some players, you know, if you're going to take Travis Kelsey in the first round, like we've said, it's not a bad idea. And then you, or if you're on the turn and you can get Travis Kelsey and Stephon Diggs, that's not a not a bad option. But now, like, you're waiting even further to draft a running back. Uh, so essentially, the no running back strategy is uh, not taking a running back with your first two picks. If you want to get real extreme and not take one for your first three picks, you, my friend, are very bold. Uh, I would definitely, if you don't take a running back in the first two, I would suggest picking one up in the third round. Now, if you're doing standard scoring, definitely don't do the halfback or the no running back strategy. Half point PPR, it's iffy. That's why you have to, like Tyler mentioned, mock draft. You have to see where players are going. Uh, and also, when you do mock draft, don't always mock draft from the same spot. If you mock draft from the seventh spot the whole time, even if you already know that's the spot you're picking from, you're going to be so set on a team because you'll get the 95% of the same players every time you mock draft. And then your league, someone will take someone, it will start a domino effect, and then you won't be prepared. Um, so make sure you're mock drafting from other positions. Try to think what other owners are going to do. You know, Tyler mentioned don't draft with your heart. Uh, there's that one person that in your league that's an Eagles fan. George, I'm not saying you, but maybe I am saying you, George, that will always take the Eagles wide receiver, whether it's Deshaun Jackson, whether it's Jordan Matthews, whether it's Jeremy Macklin. He's had them all. He always goes for him. Alshon Jeffrey, he's had them all. There's always that person in your league that will draft with their heart. Hey, I'm always taking Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows it, and they know they can it's, – it's not it's not fun to draft with your heart. And on the same token, don't draft with your heart the other way. Be like, I hate the Cowboys. I'm not taking CeeDee Lamb. Well, why even play fantasy football if you're not willing to go all the way in? Even if you hate the, hate the team, you can – hey, you can draft them. You don't have to root for their team. 
they can put up 30 fantasy points and lose. That sounds like a great Sunday to me. Definitely. And I think to piggyback off of what you're saying about you always draft Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers is always one of the first five quarterbacks off the board. And I think we've been preaching a lot through our mock draft episode I wasn't here for. And even throughout the rest of the offseason, how we always like to wait on quarterbacks. And that's a good draft strategy as well, because sure, you might have the two to three quarterbacks who do are like the top tier and do score more than the next, you know, five or six. But exactly that there's five or six quarterbacks after those top three that score similar and you can get five, six, seven rounds later than some of those other quarterbacks. You're filling your team with so many different weapons at running back at wide receiver just by waiting on a quarterback. And it's going to cost you maybe an average of a point and a half, two points a week when you look at it in the end of the season. So you got to look at kind of how to build your team on risk versus reward a little bit. And we talk about like we love drafting, drafting Travis Kelsey early because you're getting so much reward for taking him early. Quarterback isn't the same as tight end. Quarterback, you can find players later. Tight end, it's three, maybe four guys. Yeah, and I mean, just to give a little example, like uh, the year that Mahomes broke out his sophomore season, I picked him up off free agency in week two. The year that Lamar Jackson broke out in his sophomore season, Cody drafted him with the Mr. Irrelevant last pick in the draft, and we actually made fun of him for the pick. We thought it was a stupid pick. Granted, we said that because you already had Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers on your team before the pick, uh, so you didn't need three quarterbacks, but it ended up working out for him. Uh, so I'm not saying you can bank on having somebody like that break out and be there available at the end of the draft or in free agency, but it does happen. Uh, last year, Josh Allen was taken at the very end of the draft because people were like, ah, Josh Allen's been falling off. Josh Allen was one of the top fantasy quarterbacks last year, uh, and you could rely on, on rely on him every week. For some reason, every season, Russell Wilson's been falling in drafts to the middle rounds, and every year, Russell Wilson is super consistent. You can throw him in there. So absolutely, there is usually some good quarterbacks you can wait on if you want to take that chance and you want to you know, reach your first couple of quarterback picks on a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, try to get that edge on the rest of the league. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do, but if you don't get those guys or if it's going to take a huge reach to get them, don't be afraid to wait on a quarterback. I was going to say real quick on the same topic of quarterbacks is, you know, it might not sound like it because he just told the story about how he drafted three quarterbacks the one year. But since that year, I've been even more of a big proponent of the late round quarterback and I was looking into stats just the other day. And even though Josh Allen, he had a breakout year. He won Snyder a championship in our league. Him and the quarterback nine, which I can't remember off the top of my head, their points difference was only about 60 points. And now you're like, hey, that sounds like a lot. But if you break that down into multiple weeks, that's only about three and a half point uh, weeks per game. And the quarterback nine, I am so sorry, I can't remember. But it was like on a guy of like the Jared Goff, the Matt Stafford, uh, type of level guys that aren't being drafted or being drafted very late. Um, so again, that's just another point to say, Hey, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's that really nice shiny object, but sometimes it might be better to get a quarterback a little bit later, uh, and pass on a quarterback in the early rounds unless, and this is a big, unless if you're playing in a two quarterback league, go get Patrick Mahomes. Cause then those, all those quarterbacks aren't going to be available. 
Um, we don't tend to play in many of those leagues, so we often forget about that when we talk about fantasy football. Uh, but if you're playing in a two-quarterback league or a super flex league, which means you can play a quarterback in your flex spot outside of just running back, wide receiver, and tight end, um, then the quarterback becomes a factor much higher in the draft. Uh, and then on the tight end aspects, like they mentioned with Travis Kelsey, again, outside those big three, Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Guys like Jared Cook, guys like Hunter Henry, like they're going late, you know, 10th round and later. They're solid guys on teams that will probably put up points. It's not a bad option to wait on a tight end if you miss out one of those big threes too because the points gap from tight end four and tight end eight isn't going to be that detrimental where you could take more value in getting a flex option. And guys, definitely be aware of reaching on any position because, yes, there could be a guy that you really want, you really think is going to break out, but you can't just assume because somebody was good last year, they're going to be good this year, and reaching hard uh, can really hurt you. I mean, yes, Aaron Rodgers was great last year, MVP. Should he have been over Derrick Henry? I don't know. It's a debate, whatever. Um, but he was MVP, put up amazing numbers, but just because he did it last year doesn't mean he's going to put up MVP-type numbers again this year. Uh, people who drafted Patrick Mahomes in like the first, second round last year were disappointed because, yes, Patrick Mahomes still had a great year. Don't get me wrong, but not to Patrick Mahomes' standards that we've seen over the last couple of years. He was not putting up those groundbreaking numbers that were winning you every single week, the 40s, the 50s every week uh, that we saw out of him a couple of years ago. He put up good numbers, not first and second round numbers. He put up numbers that you can definitely have taken another quarterback and been just fine. Uh, and, you know, those guys that took Patrick Holmes at the end of the first round missed out on a Travis Kelsey. They missed out on a uh, a Nick Chubb or a Dalvin Cook. Like, they missed out on those guys. Um, so definitely don't go reaching just because they had a good year last year. It could really, really hurt you in these drafts. I'm going to try to speak in a little context to piggyback off of what you said and talk about it, the slightly different draft strategy as well. So I know I like to draft pretty balanced. I like to have two running backs, a wide receiver. And if I take one of the top tight ends in the fourth, four, first four rounds, if not, I'm taking either a second wide receiver or a third running back. But another way to draft would be the zero wide receiver strategy, not something you hear as often, but it is a thing. So if you are all in on wanting to get a Patrick Mahomes and you wanted to secure one of those top tight ends as well, don't reach out and get Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Like he said, that's not smart. But Patrick Mahomes will fall into the late second, third rounds in a lot of drafts, and that might be a much better spot for him. So you can go out and get Travis Kelsey in the first round, grab yourself a running back in the second. That's solid. Take. Patrick Mahomes in the third, take another running back. Then you think, oh, I'm not taking a wide receiver till the fifth round. But wide receiver is the deepest position in the league. So if you're not going to try to draft balance, maybe try mock drafting the zero wide receiver strategy. See if you like how your wide receivers pan out when you're drafting them in succession, maybe in rounds five, six, seven or six, seven, eight even. And see if you like the makeup of your team drafting that way and trying to get the advantage at quarterback and tight end to go along with that. And just two real big pieces of advice for you guys if you're going out to draft. One, since we're talking about positions, 
You've heard us talk about quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. There's a reason you have not heard us talk about kickers and defenses. Just because Get you don't out have of fantasy football. Yes, Cody, that is that one thing. But if there is kickers on your team, you need to know about it. And take a kicker in your last round. Take a defense uh, the second to last round or the third to last round. Just because you don't see that your roster has a defense yet doesn't mean go ahead and take a defense in the middle rounds. Just because you think there's a defense that's going to be really good doesn't mean they will. Uh, you know, we're talking about people not performing up to the same level. Look at the Jaguars defense back in 2017, I believe it was, was ridiculous. Put up like 20 points a week for a defense. And anybody who had the Jags defense uh, probably made the playoffs and probably made a deep run. And then the next year, people were taking the Jaguars defense in the middle rounds of redraft leagues because they thought the defense was that valuable. And they were terrible. They didn't do anything. Uh, people that took them ended up dropping them by week four or five because they were you know, performing that low. So don't defenses aren't as important. You can stream defenses all year long. We'll talk about streaming in later podcasts, give you some tips on that. Um, and you know what? Kickers, last round. Cody even doesn't draft a kicker most days. Uh, he'll draft somebody else and then cut somebody the day before Sunday and pick up that kicker at the last minute. So that's uh, definitely don't reach on those positions, guys. Um, and... Man, I had another piece of advice, but I totally lost it talking about kickers and defenses. So maybe I'll come back to it. You guys can go right ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to real quick piggyback on that statement. You know, you talked about regressing. Um, when you're looking in your offensive players, you know, a lot of times it's called regressing to the mean. You know, players that broke out last year, look at their numbers more than just touchdowns, more than just catches. You know, if a player had... 10 plus touchdowns last year, you know, outside of, you know, maybe Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, but even those guys will regress a little bit. So that's why you need to look at their opportunities. You know, sometimes a person on very low opportunities has seven or eight touchdowns and it makes them seem like a really good fantasy option. They might be a little bit, uh, you know, can't even think of the right word to describe them, you know, fool's gold a little bit. Uh, so just make sure when you're drafting, you're checking on stats. And, you know, to the same point about drafting, and Tyler mentioned it at the very top of this, when you have players, if you're looking at running backs or if you're doing the no running back strategy or the no wide receiver strategy or, you know, probably the most the best strategy is like the balance, like make sure you get two of each in the first four rounds, you know, first five rounds, two wide receivers, two running backs. That's probably the safest strategy. Um Look at players, you know, we even have our rankings out there. You can find a lot of rankings out there. But look at players more in a tier system, like Tyler mentioned. There's the top four. He wants one of those guys. Just because a player's ranked number five on whatever ranking you're looking at doesn't mean they're worth the fifth pick. Just because there's the 10th the ranked running back doesn't mean you have to take them in the second round after 12 picks have gone. You know, make sure you're evaluating tiers even inside that ranking system you know put them this is class a this is class b this is class c i want one of those guys i know it sounds like a lot especially if you're a new player you're probably like this is so overwhelming i just thought this would be you know fun to experience that's why we talked about you maybe checking out a best ball league last year or you know joining a league with a group of friends that you know you can help grow together um but to get really competitive or to be in part of those dynasty leagues you know, it's something to think about even rookies. You put them in tiers. 
uh, you know, just going on about that, you know, it's always the ranking doesn't always mean that person is worth the draft spot when you're you're picking. And the last thing about strategies I'm going to say for now until someone else says something sparks another idea is don't get stuck in a strategy. This happened to me last year. It is my biggest regret of the fantasy football season. That sounds very weird to say. Um, but I went into the draft going, I'm doing the running back only strategy in the first two rounds. No matter what, I'm taking two running backs. Here I was in the second round. My guy, Devontae Adams, was there. Now, granted, I had pick nine or 10 in a 10-team league, so I was right around the turn, and I was like, I was debating. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be the homer that's going to take Devontae Adams, but he, you know, his value's here, but I'm like, I said I'm coming in to no running backs, and instead of pivoting all my strategy like a smart fantasy player would did, I stuck with my pick, and I ended up taking Joe Mixon. Now, he had a good season. I ended up trading him. That's I'm not saying that was a bad pick for that, but then Devontae Adams fell and fell and fell, and a guy that drafted fifth ended up getting Devontae Adams because the rest of the league also uh, let him fall, which I tend to believe is because the Packers fan passed in Devontae Adams. You know, hey, we got to – you can do something. Think about that when you're drafting as well. If a, if Tyler is in the second round and A.J. Brown's still there and he passes on him, guess what? I'm probably not taking A.J. Brown because he knows something that I don't know. So that's, again, getting to know your league mates and getting to know players uh, is an important part of fantasy – uh, but just because you have a strategy going in, don't be afraid to pivot uh, because it could come back to haunt you and then you just sit there and regret on the guy you should have taken uh, all season long. So I thought about my other piece of advice. I remembered it. And it is going to sound like really dumb advice, but I promise you it's the most important thing in all of drafting. And it is draft your team. Do not auto-pick your team. If you are not available on the day that your league is drafting and there is no way that you can remotely do it or do it in person, find somebody else to draft the team for you if you have to, somebody that you trust. Do not auto-pick. Uh, one, you're not going to be happy with the team you get when you auto-pick unless your league is not the best at drafting. Your team is going to be horrible. Uh, it's going to be really hard to build out of that. And even if you know your team or your league doesn't draft very well and auto pick actually gets you a great team, even if you go on to win the championship and you made 20 trades that year and 100 free agent moves, no one's going to look at your team like you earned that championship. No one is ever going to be like, yeah, that guy won. They're going to be like, nope, computer won. You didn't even draft your own team. So definitely do whatever you possibly can to draft your own team. Don't let the computer do it for you. And on top of that, even if you think you have a bad draft, do not give up on your team midseason. Do not be an inactive fantasy player. We all have more fun when everybody is making moves, trying to improve their team, and you don't have that guy there sitting in 10th place with three guys on injured reserve and this free agent who he drafted in the eighth round who's not even a starter anymore getting one point every single week. Even if you have a bad draft, you can build your team back up with trades, with free agent moves. There's breakout players, especially after weeks one and two, every single year. You just got to go out there and be active. The draft is a big part of starting a championship season, but it is not the be all end all. Absolutely. And you know what? It's actually really fun to play spoiler. Look, I understand more than anybody that if you draft a team that you thought was good, everybody got hurt, your team fell apart, 
Um, and you know what? You're sitting there in 10th place with one win on the season, and you know for a fact that you are not going to make the playoffs. It's frustrating, and it sucks. And it might be hard to you know, you know, know, put as much time into fantasy as you should and keep trying to set a good lineup, keep trying to make free agent moves, and keep trying to win games when you already know you're out of the playoffs. But you know how fun it is to be the 10th place team knowing you're terrible and going up against like the second ranked team or the the first ranked team uh, especially if it's a team that goes on to win the championship and beat them in the regular season oh it feels beautiful play spoiler it'll you know it could anger some league mates that they lost to somebody like you but it'll feel so good that your team was still able to co up and beat one of the better teams at the end of the year so keep on trying keep making moves don't ever give up uh, guys have some fun with this Winning is great. Yeah, and one more PSA about drafting. Most of the free sites out there, NFL, Yahoo, ESPN, once you're done drafting, they're going to send you an email, and it's going to say team projection. <laughs> and you're going to look at that, and it's going to say, uh, I guess this year there's 16 weeks if you're playing in a, a smart week. So you'll say 12 and 4, rank 1, B-plus draft, and you'll feel on top of the world. You're probably not going to make the playoffs if you get that. Uh, that's just my experience. If you ever get, you know, a good team <laughs> in those rankings, you don't make the playoffs. Um, oftentimes, the two and fourteen guy or the the five and trying to do quick math in my head here, five and eleven guy, they always are uh, the ones that end up out. You know why? Because they're the active players. They're making moves. Just because it says what that you're projecting is uh, the season hasn't played out. So, like George said. It is important to stay active. It's important to not think the draft is the end-all, be-all. It's You're building the foundation for a championship team, uh, but that's where it ends if you don't make any other moves. Unless you are an excellent drafter and you can draft number one at every position, you're going to have to make moves. Um, but hopefully you have a good strategy going in. You've at least mocked it. Yeah, it's probably not. You know, there's pro- It's like the yeah. guy that's eventually going to win the Warren Buffett March Madness. You know, gets it perfect. Eventually, somebody will win that, but that's how rare it is to have an elite team drafted. So there's a lot yeah, of strategies I know of, out there. I know of literally one team in my 10 plus, I guess it's actually more like 11 or 12 years of fantasy experience that basically took his drafted team to the championship. And it's because he happened to get lucky with like three breakout wide receivers late and just stacked it. So it, it doesn't happen. It really doesn't. The odds of it are so low. And it's the same thing. Like if you get out of the draft and you're like, you know what? I don't even think my team's that strong. And, you know, uh, team a over here is drafted a monster team and there's no way we're going to keep up with that guy. We're screwed. There's no reason we should even pay attention. No, because team a drafted somehow got Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley in the same draft. Don't know how he pulled that off. And guess what? Both got hurt. Now this guy's not even going to make the playoffs. You never know with fantasy. Injuries happen. uh, Busts happen. Breakouts happen. Just because somebody else is a better team than you after the draft does not mean that they're going to be ahead of you at the end of the season. I feel like there's something that just popped in my head randomly that we didn't talk about last week that I'm a little disappointed we didn't, and that is uh, team names. (laughs) I think before you you draft, you uh, got to get a good team name out there. Hey, sometimes, though, with team names, you have staples. Uh, like, my team name is Mr. Rogers Neighborhood because I've had Aaron Rodgers so many times. Uh, but he's I'm Mr. Rogers Neighborhood even when I don't have Aaron Rodgers. Like, the two years I didn't have him, I tried switching it out. Uh, there's some people in your league, and I'm going to talk about this in our pet peeves. 
uh, that switch their name every week. It drives me up a wall. It's one of my pet peeves. Stop doing that. I can't remember who you are in real life. It's hard to trash talk. If I have to click on your name and then see team owner, Brandon. Yep. I called you out. <laughs> Hope you're listening. Um, changes it every week. Or, you know, George likes to go with honey funches of oats. That's one of his favorite. And he hadn't had Devin funches forever. Hey, he's now a Packer. Always good to talk Packers football here. Um, and then sometimes you have team names that don't make any sense. They're based off TV shows. You have you don't understand them, but the owner thinks they're funny. Uh, but a lot of times team names, you know, they're they're puns. It's a fun way to to make a, na- a, a name off of, you know, your favorite player, your top drafted. I know, was it King Henry Snyder you had when you had Derrick Henry because of the the pun off of his name? Yeah, my uh, team, team name last year. Creative with them. I know of the old you know, play, movie, whatever, The King and I, and I had Derrick Henry on my team, so I was like, I can't think of anything funny right now. I'm going to throw in The King and I just as a placeholder, um, and then once I think of something funny, I'm going to change it. And then I started off as the number one team in the league. I'm like, ah, you know what? You know, this name's doing pretty well, so I'm going to hold on to it for a little bit. And I ended up keeping The King and I all year long and won my first championship in way too, way too long. Uh, so now I might just keep the King and I, it's not the funniest name. It's not the most creative. It's not the best name at all, but it won me a championship. So now I kind of feel like I need to stick with that name. Um, and just let the magic that is Derrick Henry just keep on carrying me to victories. Exactly. So it's just another way to have some fun with it. You can, even if you're carrying a team name for many years, you just start taunting people with it. Look, the King over here is the champion. So there you go. But just something else to throw out there with you guys. If there is there anything else you guys want to talk about or any other stories you guys want to share before we wrap it up for today? Um, I actually, uh, I, I don't know I if you guys heard, but Julio Jones is a Titan. It's crazy. I know. Oh, wow. I know. I don't know if you guys heard. Just thought I'd throw that out there. On something more important. <laughs> What's more and, important? You know, a lot of things is more important than that news. Uh, it's actually not more, in point, more important. Uh, you know, Snyder told my uh, one draft story about getting, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, and still having two quarterbacks, but I got him late. That draft, I also had New England Patriots defense and Darren Waller that I picked up off free agency right after the draft or after into preseason, um, and that was the top defense and the top tight end. So again, it's another point to be active out there. You know, drafting is also just a great time to get your whole league together, whether it's virtual or in person. In person is better if you can make it. Um, but it's also just a great time to like kick off the fantasy season uh, with some of your friends. If you know new to fantasy and you're joining from leagues around the country, uh, like I mentioned, I had a league last year. We had people across the country. We are still active in those those app chats. You know, we still set up a draft day where everybody was you know t- communicating in the chat. Just because fantasy football is you know it's a lot of fun to win. There's a lot of luck to go in, involved in it, but really it's just about having a lot of fun uh, with hopefully your friends or just some random people on the internet. And the draft is a great way to kick off the NFL season um, and just have fun with it. So I'm a big advocate for getting together for your fantasy football drafts. Definitely, definitely agree. So I think that's all we got there. Um, Tyler, do you want to encourage everyone to get involved like you usually do? Man, you just blew up my spot. Now everyone knows what I'm going to say. Um, absolutely, guys. 
Yes, definitely get involved with the podcast. Listen, we've gone over a lot of stuff over the last couple of weeks, whether it's best platform, best type of draft, what kind of positions you should look for, uh, what kind of strategies you should go about, advice on certain players. There's a lot that we went over. If anything is confusing to you, you want more information, or maybe you heard about some other kind of league type or draft strategy that you want to talk about, reach out to us. Ask us some questions. We would love to discuss it with you. Or, you know, just tell us about maybe some of your crazy leagues that um, nobody else has heard of. So we'd love to hear about them. We would love to talk about them. Get involved. Reach out to us. Check out our website. Guys, this podcast is way more fun for us, and I'm sure it's more fun for you when you get involved. And thank you one more time for listening into this week's episode of the Couch GM's podcast. Please stay with us for these how-to series. Share, like you said, and make sure you share this with your friends who are new in fantasy. If there's anything you want to see added to our website or anything you want us to talk about, let us know. For Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth. We'll see you all next week. Boom.